Hello and welcome to another episode of Gumbo Live. Here's your host, BJ from Board Game Gumbo. Hey, board gamers, BJ from Board Game Gumbo here, back in the Gumbo Pot. It's another episode of Gumbo Live, episode number 142. Gumbo Live, the number one Facebook Live talk show in Omaha, Nebraska, dedicated to board gaming. There's a reason we picked that, uh, that town. Our special guest tonight, Keith Law, the author of The Inside Game and Smart Baseball and senior baseball writer for The Athletic. I've been reading him since way back in ESPN, and more particularly for our show, a board games writer for Pace Magazine. We're going to be talking games, 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 maybe even get to, into the Spiel nominees, but uh, hit us up on social media tonight, on Twitter or on Facebook, at Board Game Gumbo. You can also catch his writing at meadowparty.com. Meadowparty.com, that's his blog about, uh, about board, board games and everything else. And we'll be looking for your questions in the chat crew. But enough blather, let's get right to our special guest, Keith Law. Welcome to Gumbo Live, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Hey Keith, why did I pick Omaha, Nebraska? Any any clue? Um, there's a really good board game cafe there. That is true, but also it's the College World Series. Ah, yes. And you handle minor league prospects and college uh, world uh, college participants, and that yep. is also the home of our family plays games. So that's why I'm wearing this T-shirt tonight. We've got the whole Keith Law Omaha, our family, everything covered all in one all in one little uh, segue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of that, Omaha's a great town, by the way. Not it just, is. I can't remember fact, the name of the board game bar cafe there, but just the whole. I was there a couple of years ago when I was still at ESPN. We were doing a show, baseball tonight, at the stadium, like between games of the College World Series. Right. And it's funny. Some of the guys I was with were like, "We're just going to Sullivan's Steakhouse." Like, Y'all are crazy. This is I've a been great to town. Yeah. There's a Sullivan's here in Delaware. No, you don't need to go anywhere. to Omaha to go to Sullivan's. That's I didn't even ridiculous. go to the one in Omaha. I went to the one in Council Bluff. It's even oh, there less. Yeah. Yes. I, went to, I went to the one across the river because that's where okay. we were staying. Yes. Um, it's, my trip yeah. was in 2000 when okay. LSU and Stanford played for the national championship. So that was a oh, long nice. time ago. Yeah. yeah. So that was a long time ago. Speaking of that, who is the best pitcher in baseball and why is it not Paul Skeens? Uh, in college baseball, it is Paul Skeens. It's definitely Paul Skeens. Um, he is the hardest throwing amateur pitcher I've ever scouted myself. He, uh, for folks who don't know, he is a right-hander at LSU transferred from Air Force to LSU this year at Air Force hitter, last spring. Hitter, pitcher. Hitter, hitter pitcher. and pitcher. Now he's just a pitcher, but he was both at Air Force. And he was mostly 92-95 last year at Air Force. Gives up hitting, comes to LSU, basically right out of the shoot this year, is sitting 99 to 100. I go see him at the end of April um, at a game that ended up in the news because it turned out it was the game that got the Alabama coach fired for right. being involved in gambling. I didn't know this at the time. I'm just sitting there behind the plate with a – another scout and we're just did you turn him in were you watching his little video (laughs) you know what he did i gotta tell you like he didn't manage like he was trying to lose the game or anything it's that i would remember that because i'm generally when managers do stupid things i'm generally pretty critical but anyway skeens comes out first inning at seven pitches at 100 or 101 i think he topped out at 101.4 on the track man and i'm like i've never seen anything like this before oh and he's 66260 so he's built that like guy in for 10 K's seven innings, like clockwork all season. And uh, he hit, I want to say he hit 20 bombs for air force and oh, hasn't yeah. picked up a, hasn't picked up a bat yet. Yeah. And you know what? He's probably, I mean, there's myriad reasons why a pitcher can pick up 
breaking the velocity, hand. <laughs> but you can, you know what the, the one thing it's sort of an old maxim too, is that if you're trying to do both, you're going to probably end up worse at both. So you take a hitter or a pitcher and say, we're just going to have you focus on one thing. It'll be easier for him to develop at that one thing. I mean, I think a lot of it is cognitive, right? How much can you really keep in your mind when you're trying to learn to be both a hitter and a pitcher and develop your craft both ways? It's just that much easier to say, no, we're just going to have you focus on one thing. I'm going to say, I think he made the right choice to stick with the pitching thing. He, he made the right choice. We've got a few people checking in. We've got Patrick Newman from South Texas checking in with us uh, from the Gulf Coast. And talking about Sobo, that's our local con. I know Pax U, I think, is your local yes. con. Basically, yep. yeah. Ours is Southern Board there, and I'll be at I'll be at Gen Con this year. I haven't uh, missed a yeah. Gen Con since 2016. So. If you haven't read it, check out Keith's post Gen Con. I read it every year, Keith. It's your little where you go through all the games. What I forgot Everything what you call them. It's like your first impressions of all the games you played. Basically, I do you know? like I do a you know a top ten or something because people love a ranking, and then yeah, it's do. just like the dump. Right here is absolutely everything that was in my notebook, which is kind of how I treat the day job too. It's like all right, here's all the players I saw. Here's a little note on everybody. There's the Beans and Dice crew checking in. Carlos from Tampa, beautiful Tampa. What's up, Carlos? Thank you for checking in. Our buddy Jay Bell, the J Bell checking in. All, he stayed up late. He is somewhere in London and he stayed up late to watch the show. So thank you, Jay, for checking awesome. that out. You might know this one, Kelly checking in. This is the this is your nemesis. And I, I want to hear this story. How how is it that you and Kelly have gotten to be <laughs> such board game rivals on board game arena? God, what well, started on Yukata? Um, oh, okay. Kelly could probably correct me, but it's gotta be four or five years ago. And I think we just randomly ended up paired in a game together. And Kevin, no, 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 he's not going to be in that. Uh, oh no, Kevin's right. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> um, I want him so, local so I could see him play. You know, maybe the Astros or the Rangers. But but go no, ahead. No, you were no, saying no. about Kelly? Yeah, no, no. He, I, he getting to the. He's definitely not getting to the Astros pick. I can promise and you that. Thank you so for Kelly, checking in, Kevin. Uh, you do you know Kevin by the way? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I have votes for women in my review queue right now. Actually, yeah. great looking game. And um, the, the next one coming out looks really good. The one about the uh, the Mexican American uh, war. So oh that, that yeah, looks, yeah, yeah. I love. I just I love the themes. I, I absolutely love and the commitment. And the production. To, the the production is great. Uh, you know what? Sometimes fewer fewer games at a higher production level, higher level of quality. I'm in. I call them connoisseur um, games. It's it's like that you yes. want to show these games off, right? All right, back to Kelly. Yeah. We, we, so Kelly, Kelly. Yeah, yeah. So Kelly. Um, so we started on Yukata a couple of years ago, and um, we tend to like a lot of the same games too. And we're both the sort of people where we want to try new games as much as possible. And it's also so we were we played a bunch of the stuff on Yukata. Yukata is a great site; it's very low key. Love it. I haven't played there as much anymore. I haven't played there that much in um, a couple of years since shifting over to Board Game Arena because there's just more games there. That's really a thing. And there were certain games I was particularly looking for, and Yukata lost a few licenses for certain games. I go over to Board Game Arena. I think I'm there about 20 minutes, and all of a sudden I get a message from Kelly, like, oh, hey, you're over here now. Uh. Let's play. And we're both alpha testers on there too. But Kelly is also my go-to where she's like, there's this new game on here. Do you want to check this out? I'm like, my answer is always yes. I will always try something because we've played so many games together too. We're just, we know each other's style. It's very, you know, there's we don't really care necessarily. I mean, we, we play to win, but there's none of that competitiveness. We can both say, Hey, this is a new game. We're just kind of messing around, try to figure it out. And eventually we played a few times. Like, all right, we'll play more seriously. now. Um, she was the one who mentioned when earth first showed up there. I had seen a, an early prototype of earth at PAX U two years ago 
and then hadn't heard anything new about it. And then suddenly it pops up on BGA and um, ended up getting a review copy like shortly afterwards. But the timing was more like Kelly was the one who said, oh, no, Earth is out. Have you heard of this game? I'm like, God, yeah, you're going way back in my memory banks for that one. It's a great game. I know we'll talk about it a little bit later. But, I mean, Kelly and I have probably played, it's got to be north of 50 distinct games. I oh. probably played several hundred Are you a BGG stats person? No. Ah. No, I just can't. It's that, just too much. That one of the, I mean, I was always that baseball guy. Like, I was terrible at playing baseball. I was the one that would, yeah. that, that would tell my dad, Hey, uh, Billy Storms, he's like seven for eight in the last game. We can't pitch to that guy. I was like, what are you doing? You know, I was that guy. Like, I was they called me Ogilvy when I was on on, on the uh, a team. That's an mm -hmm. old reference. But, you know, so naturally when I got into board games, obviously I want to keep the stats, man. Just got to It's, gotta it's funny because I – so my wife is a huge fan of the band Fish, and she will talk okay. about her fish stats. Um, and I have some fish stats. I've been to, I think, five shows so far. One, two, three, four. Or eh, something like that. And I keep, so it's sort of like a, I don't know, it's not a running gag, but like people know this about me that I have, I was just talking about to one of my stepdaughters earlier tonight. I have a spreadsheet that goes back to 2005 with every book I've read, start date, end date. There it is. Title and author. There it is. Um, and then one sort of master spreadsheet for sorting purposes so I can find out like how many books I've read by somebody or it's particularly useful if I'm like in a bookstore, right? Have I read this book before? Because when it's, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to turn 50 in two days. Like, oh, I don't necessarily remember if I read that book. Thank you. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, right? But I have a list. The list is super useful. I don't even remember what made me start it, but now I can't stop. I mean, I just absolutely, I log everything. I, I, there has to be an upper limit, right? There's only so many things I can log in my life. And I think board games is just like, I log what games I own, but I don't log every play, which I know a lot of people do. And I have no disrespect to those people. I just can't. I have, so to, write, I have to say no. You write for Pace Magazine. So you want to publish, you want to publish a blog entry about this game with Pace Magazine. They're going to take care of all that. I've yep. got to find the pictures. I can't steal right. pictures from the internet. So I keep track of every play because when I do write about a game, I can go look in BG stats. There's like, I have like 28,000 photos and about 25 of those thousand are board game, you know, on my iPhone. I can't mm -hmm. find them. I can't find them. BG stats is the way to find the game that I need for the blog. So gotcha. it made it, it made it pretty easy. So mm -hmm. we got a couple other people checking in. Evan Helbert is checking in. Evan is the designer of um, After the Empire. And we're going to be playing with him and Kelly this summer. I have known nice. Kelly for years. I've played hundreds of games with her. Played many online, even on Discord, mm -hmm. you know, with the face, but I've never met her. So this is going to be fun. Oh, wow. We're going to be doing a little convention. There's a chance Kelly and I might meet this summer because the All-Star Game's in Seattle. And I don't go for the All-Star Game itself, but I go for the Futures Game, which is on Saturday. And then the draft, they hold that now in the city where they're holding the All-Star festivities. And that'll be Sunday, Monday. So it depends on our schedules working out, but it'll be the first time I'll be anywhere close to her, at least. Seattle, um, you say? First. Yeah, it's in Seattle. Steve, he needs to put a pin on that. Seattle. Yeah. Not even, not even telling you why. All right, Boda Belly checking in. Uh, I, Nick allegedly went to a BGG con. I doubt it because I did not see him at all the entire con. <laughs> we texted each other, but never saw him. Uh, Bill <laughs> says, "Hey, Bill Lasik is the designer of Koi. I don't know if you ever got to play a Koi from Smirk and Dagger. Beautiful yes. game about the yes, fish. Beautiful uh, fish game. Yes, that that is him checking in. So we've got a bunch of people checking. In. Oh, actually, I can't even keep up with the comments. So sorry, I'm I'm a little bit behind. We'll try to catch up to some." But you might want to check this out. Nick said he's got 35. 
35 fish shows. I think my wife's at 57. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Nick. Yeah. But that I'm at like, be... I think it's five. I'm going to We're going to go to in... two more this summer. We're going to two when they play in Philly. <laughs> I didn't see VJ either just picks up and fishing. I was tubing, <laughs> not fishing, but I was. I took a break from the con and we went over to a lake and we did some tubing on Memorial Day. So that was actually, it was nice to get away from you. As much as I love board gaming. It was nice to have a, a little time away. Let's bring in the name father and Verla, who's going to be helping me out. What's up, Verla? And this is uh, Steve, the name father and Verla. Can you all hear me? We can hear you just hello, fine. Hello. Okay, good. Yep. I hey, want, me, how you doing? I want to hear from Keith. Every mm -hmm. superhero has an origin story. Mm -hmm. So what is your board gaming origin story? Give us um, the elevator pitch. What happened? Well, there's probably two distinct points so as a kid i loved board games puzzles anything like that like um even play i played a little dnd &D. i wasn't a huge dnd &D guy because it, i found it a little bit slow but i liked the idea of at least anything like that that was sort of intellectual play would appeal to me i got games magazine i don't even know if that still exists but i freaking loved games magazine with like mm -hmm. cover to cover doing all the puzzles and they would review games occasionally that i hadn't heard of and I was yeah like, oh there's other board games besides the four that we have in the front hall closet which i think was like monopoly which i hate payday yeah we definitely had payday life at some point we had life that sucks these games yeah. are all terrible yeah. right scrabble which i will go pit to my was grave good. saying scrabble is work pit was I good to memorize i've never played pit i know pit but i've never played it if i have to memorize word lists to play a game well it's work that's not play that's sorry, a good point yeah. we had sorry which is one of the most obnoxious games ever created we definitely had candyland which i will repeat myself so you may have heard me tell this joke before candyland is the perfect game to play with your kids if you want to teach them that life is pointless and random oh wow <laughs> uh, what a terrible lesson to teach your kids but i yes. guess <laughs> yeah maybe not inaccurate they didn't, but they didn't probably use not what i wanted they didn't use that on the box no <laughs> they did not oh. they rejected i offered oh. i said i would license it they were just, they were not receptive. That would have been um, It's one. the game that makes it okay to cheat, right? Because your kid, you know, the, it's, you, you, the game takes forever, right? So you just tell your kid, hey, is that a bird at the window there? I've oh, hey, you that. won. Good job. Good job. That's great. Let's go do literally anything else for the rest of the day. Welcome to um, Candyland. You'll hate it here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> hey, Evan wants yeah. to know what about Upwards? Was that one in the uh, I had Upwards as a kid. Yeah, I've never played I kinda it. I kind of liked Upwards. Yeah, I remember that was supposed it. to be sort of the Scrabble Plus, Scrabble alternative. Yeah. Um, I did get, and I still own, the copy of Acquire that I had in the okay. teal box, barely holding together. Um, but I got in the mid-80s. I remember bringing it to CTY summer camp. There's probably somewhere out there, a CTY, fellow CTY attendee out there. I remember reading about Diplomacy, um, never getting to play it as a kid. And then... You know, life goes on, right? Again, high school, college, out of college, never, you know, sort of forgot about it, was had nothing exposing me to the board game world. And then somewhere along the line, read about this thing called Settlers of Catan. Not mm. the first of these games that I got, but read about it that it was in the Games Magazine Hall of Fame. I'm like, what the hell is that? How have what I never that? heard of this? Um, and ended up getting in fairly short succession, got the two-player version of that, which is nowhere near as good. Um, 
my now ex-wife bought ticket to ride Europe. I think she's got it like Barnes and Noble or something and had been on a trip to Europe and got a, I think it's an Uwe Rosenberg game called Babel. And somewhere you sort of throw those three together and mix them in. And I was, I wanted more. That's really what ended up happening. And would mention them occasionally on a, on my blog and people would chime in and say, well, have you played this? Have you played this? Have you played this? And once it's one of those things, it's like the bat signal, right? As soon as you say the name of one of these games, 50 people will show up and say, well, have you played this one? Exactly. Have you tried this? Which is great. I was at that point, I was very much looking for more suggestions. I was like, I, I like these games, but I don't know a lot of them. And the more that I learned and the more that you know, people would say, oh, check this site, look at this site. Oh, go to board. Are you on Board Game Geek? Why am I not on Board Game Geek? I set up an account there and I am there. I'm just under my own name. I'm still there. I trade games. I sell games on there. I sell review copies and then give the money to charity. Right. Um, so I'm on there constantly. Um, I have that open in a tab right now, actually. And um, have made a lot of great friends through board gaming, through going to conventions or even just online. I've met up with people, a couple readers of mine. Um, that I've ended up, they happen to live close enough to me. We've met up in real life to play. Um, there's one guy who lives uh, in South Jersey, but it's actually not that far from me. But he is, I know if I get a really long, crunchy game, he will always be up for it. In fact, he even bought my copy, my review copy of Feast for Odin. I'm like, oh. that's all you, buddy. I <laughs> never need to see it. Just take it, right? It was like, it was the, uh, the Simpsons, right? Where he tries to bring the trampoline back and Krusty is like... Just keep moving. Yeah, right. that was me with Feast for Odin. I never need to see that game again. <laughs> Don't even turn around. Yeah. So, Jay says yeah, he'd love to I've see modern for... versions of some of these games. No, Restoration mm -hmm. Games does a good job of bringing back some of Wonderful. these games that I remember. Yep. But but going even deeper, what about taking the kernels of these games that we played that we didn't realize weren't you know very strategic and mm -hmm. making them strategic or giving them some depth? I you mean. Monopoly doesn't have to suck, right? In fact, right. there's a great PBS documentary um, that was in February. It's about an hour long. Um, and I'm pretty sure you can find it on pbs.org where they talk about the the actual origins of Monopoly, the woman right. who really invented the game and who got basically got the idea stolen from her. And it's actually this interesting origin with the Quaker community in Atlantic City, which is why all the streets have the Atlantic City names. Um, that game oh. doesn't have to suck. But it does, you know, certainly lots of these games could be rethought, redesigned. I mean, that's a lot of what Restoration Games does. I mean, we all know, probably all know Rob. And I remember having a conversation with him about, I think He's been on the show to the Kingdom. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, the original wasn't that good. It was certainly Dark Tower. Dark Tower, people have great memories of. I played because it. Because yeah, I've never, I don't, I remember the original commercial. I never saw the game. We played uh, it till we broke it. That's how much we played it. I think a lot of people. But it was did a that. terrible game. It didn't. It didn't take much to break it either. It was. That's pretty what I heard. Plastic. Yeah. So there's a buddy of mine who works for uh, works for a major league team who was obsessed. He's like, if you ever find a copy of that game, we played the hell out of it. Like I ended up interviewing him for the article I did on Vulture on Restoration's efforts to bring Dark Tower back. Okay. But that was another conversation with Rob. We're just like. The original wasn't that good. So we want to bring the memories. We don't want to mess with people's nostalgia, but we also want a good gaming experience. And I, I would bet you there are a lot of those out there. Um, of Kim remake no, of Sorry, nobody, Not Sorry. Don't you dare. Do don't not you dare, wish Evan. that evil on any of us. <laughs> sorry, Not Sorry. I never, a good I've never played game. Sorry with any... It is a good name for a game. I have never played Sorry with any of my kids. Mine um, was Dungeon. I had great memories of playing yes. Dungeon in high school. Like yeah, we game doesn't hold up. Loved it. 
So I bought it off of eBay, yeah. brought it to my kids, and I'm like, wow, this game is boring. It's really bad. It's actually, really, you know what's really funny? Bad. They now they were about they were like nine and twelve, same age as yeah. I was when I was playing it. Maybe I was 13 or 14. Mm -hmm. They loved it. They loved it till they lost the pieces. So That's maybe funny. it's just not an adult game. The it's game for not. me, the one I didn't mention that my sister and my parents and I used to play a lot was Stop Thief. Yeah. Which a lot of mm -hmm. folks didn't remember until Restoration brought it back. And I their version's great. I still went and got one of the originals because I wanted the phone, right? Yep. The really ridiculous phone with the beep, 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 beep. I wanted all that. Absolutely. My, my mother-in-law got a working copy. My mother-in-law passed away two years ago. So we're cleaning mm -hmm. out her house two years ago. In the back corner of one of the guest bedrooms, mm -hmm. an original copy of Stop Thief. Yes. <laughs> Didn't work though, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Somebody left the batteries in it, Steve. And it just, uh, you know. Just corroded. Corroded out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bummer. There it is. But it's I do cat. remember Stop Thief as a key. I mean, anything that had electronics like that, that was just something you wanted. Oh, that was the thing, right? It was the rage, right? All these, you know, because these were big, but, you know, for folks who are younger, don't remember, you know, the board games back then, unless you found an independent publisher, it was, you know, Milton Bradley or, um, you know, Parker Brothers before they were, you know, these were all independent game publishers too. And that was one of the things they tried to jump on. Oh, we can put some kind of 8-bit electronic thing in. We can market that. I mean, that's essentially mm -hmm. what Dark Tower was. They just put right. more, there was more. But that was really the the real concept. And I think there was maybe less attention paid to actually designing a good game around it. Yeah. Yeah. So Jay yeah. wants to know food chain magnet. Are you familiar with have you played any of the splatter spelling games? Any of those? Like, I, I know what that I know of it. I have okay. never played it. Yeah. So I, you know, yeah, I could see where people would say that Monopoly. There's a game that I love called Magnate. The first city, I think is the name of it. Have you by Naylor Games? Have you played that one? That no, is like Monopoly on steroids. <laughs> that that there there are some games that in fact we played one this weekend. Oh, I wish I could remember which one it was. We played one this weekend. We all looked at each other and said, This is what Monopoly was trying to do. You know, mm -hmm. the problem, as you said, is that we all house rule Monopoly to death, and it we, we turn it from a, a game that might be something into something that's just long, boring, and terrible. So yeah, well, that's my you know, the the problem I tell people about monopoly is oh hi dean we've got yep. an active dean and i have an azul game going right now on there board. it is i think it's your turn dean <laughs> take your turn dean TikTok. oh i should have said that we said we're kelly's nemesis and dean dunning's best buddy there you um, go <laughs> he says magnet is excellent he's backing me up there Keith. oh there you go can't you to try yeah i tell people you guys must have the same experience too forgive me if i'm i'm talking too much. I don't mean to dominate. It's the your show. Here. No. We're just here for the ride. You're the guest. Well, <laughs> well, you've probably had this experience, right? Where people find out you're into board games and they go, oh, like Monopoly. You yep, die a little it. inside. Uno. right? And then you put I yourself back. Uno. Uno. Oh, yes. Yeah, exactly. Man, that would right? be a cool oh, t-shirt. It's a dot, 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 like Monopoly question mark. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> there you go. That itself. I would tell, like my, um, I can't tell you how many times I've been asked that question. So I have a, a, don't even know. a, you know, a spiel, no pun intended. I guess pun intended. Mm -hmm. I can take a game? That. I didn't actually intend it, but <laughs> when people say that, because it, you don't want to be rude because they may love Monopoly. And also it's just like you don't want to be, you don't want to shut down the conversation, right? Somebody is trying right. to engage with you on your terms. This is your hobby. You can say, there's actually other games out there that, I like a lot more. I don't really care for Monopoly. And I try to just run through some of the very, very short reasons why. But the biggest one, because everyone remembers this, is that you can tell pretty early who's going to win. And then you have to play the thing out forever. 
And nobody yeah. enjoys that. Everyone's had that experience. Nobody enjoys that experience. And then I can say most of these games that I like don't players don't get eliminated. Um, very, very few of these games that we all enjoy are like that. King of Tokyo to me is one of the sort of great exceptions, which is still a great mm -hmm. game. But most of these games, players don't get eliminated and they're built in a way that you can come back. So you can, um, you know, it gets, it addresses what I think is probably the most universal criticism of Monopoly. And that's a way to hook people in and say, no, no, I'm going to tell you about better games, but I'm going to tell you about them by addressing the thing you probably don't like about Monopoly, even if you wouldn't necessarily articulate that up front. Because the whole point, if somebody says something like that, they're a little interested in in games. Maybe you might and, hook them. And you yeah. might hook them. You could do like Evan, though. You could do I like Evan and just say, I love losing for three hours. I love three hours. Yes, exactly. I love yeah, losing no, that's me hours. when I played Sulkin, unfortunately, a game I really Ooh. like and I'm really, really bad at. Um, especially on BGA. If I ever want to just feel bad about myself. Oh, Dean took his turn. I can see he took his turn. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You take your turn and I'm going to get this next thing ready. That That's actually perfect. <laughs> We're gonna get, let's see if we can get this. That's hey, great. BJ let's from Morgan Gumbo, Gumbo, I've got my guest here, Keith Law, baseball and board game writer. That's why he's on the show. And we're talking spicy hot games. One of those is a game that I have opinions, but these are not valid opinions at all. Keith, tell us about Earth. Earth is everywhere, by the way. It was all over BGG Spring. I believe it. It is. Um, and it is on Board Game Arena for folks who who Evan, really? J.R. Zolkin? Oh, that's really, <laughs> really bad. That's really bad. I'm sentencing you to mortar. Um, so it I've is, described Jay. Earth for people as kind of wingspan squared, which is a little bit of a pun because if you've seen wing, uh, Earth, also you are building a four four by four tableau of cards too. Oh, yeah. so it's actually mm -hmm. I get jokes. I like it. Yes. Yeah, I have jokes. I'm a dad. People, my, my, my wife is always like, that's a bad dad joke. Or sometimes my daughter says that to me and I'm like, I'm a dad. This checks out, right? It's actually part of the job description. It is. Uh, so Earth is, I, I really like Earth. I gave it a really glowing review on Paste uh, about three, four weeks ago. It is a great game for folks who like Wingspan and just want more of that and want a game that it, that does more of the things that Wingspan does well. Which is not to say I think it's better than Wingspan. I think it is more of, Wingspan's been out for several years. There's a couple of great expansions for it. But I think a lot of folks have played enough Wingspan that they feel sure. like, I'm ready for something different. And I feel that way about certain games too. You know what? I love Ticket to Ride. I will still say it's one of the greatest games ever. It is my go-to recommendation for those people who are like, I want to play a game with my kids and I don't have any. I don't have a, you know, I don't, you know, we, we have Monopoly and that's it. Ticket to Ride is the one I suggest. I will never pull Ticket to Ride off the shelf myself to play anywhere. I would like it if someone asked me to play it, great. But I've played lots of Ticket to Ride. I feel I feel like I've hit my fill with that. And I think people get that a little bit with Wingspan because we all loved it. I, I don't really know many people who disliked it. Um, Earth brings that same experience, but does a lot more of it. And I think it's about a half grade up in complexity. Um, I tend to think in sort of the grades, the way I scout players. And to me, this, you know, I think of full grades and half grades. This is about a half grade up. This is, is not a, a super complex. A five tool player? This is, I don't know, is Earth a five-tool player? It's definitely a four-tool player. It goes to four. Or it goes to five, yes. sorry. Does it hit for average? <laughs> um, 
so that what Earth we broke him, does, Steve. He went he went blue screen there for yes, a second. He did. He yeah, did. He you got too many jokes. There's too many jokes, references. Verla taking us seriously. You went. Like, you went to saber. You were going for the saber metrics. I could see the saber metrics dad joke coming in there. Yes. Was, well, yes. Earth's probably yes. you know maybe a little higher on the OPS. <laughs> he was working on it. Yes, some, there's a launch angle joke in here somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I've got Earth for $4, $4. Earth, I need it in my utility fielder. $4. <laughs> Come on, let this through so we get in this draft, please. So for folks who haven't played Earth, you are building a tableau in it's rather than the three distinct rows of, uh, of bird cards that you play in Wingspan. You are playing cards that will show uh, flora and fauna and some landscape cards to your tableau uh, four by four. So you're going to play 16 cards over the course of the game or up to 16 cards. When somebody's played their 16th card, that triggers end game. And lots of these cards have different actions and then interactions. You can build lots of chains of bonuses so that when anyone takes a specific master action on their turn, you might get to activate a whole bunch of your cards there. You can actually see three of the actions right there, which I think is plant, grow, and water. That might be correct. Uh, might not be correct, but it is. there's four potential actions. And on everyone's turn, whatever master action they take, you then activate every one of your cards that has that color on it, showing that you can take that particular action. There are also uh, various endgame, there are various public and private objectives you're trying to achieve. There are end game bonuses. It's all of the, it, it is all of the things again that we like about Wingspan or a lot of these, a lot of games like this that have that various way you're building something, whether it's a tableau or an engine of some sort and trying to meet a number of objectives to get points in lots of different ways by the end of the game. I mean, the point totals in this tend to run into several hundred, but it's an extremely satisfying experience. And that's what I find that people um, tell me when I introduce Wingspan to them. We've played it with a bunch of first timers. And even when they don't necessarily score well, I've never, everyone I've ever played that with will come, will say at the end, I really like that because they feel like they did something. And I, that's one of the things I just really enjoy about board gaming myself as a hobby. It's, I don't usually care if I win. It's much more, did I enjoy it? Did I feel challenged by what I was doing? And Earth is one of those games that's really rich, despite not, I think on BGG, they don't rate it as particularly complicated or complex, but it's meaty. There's a lot to it. Um, and it looks, you can see from the photos here, this game looks great. I think yeah. I was saying before we were on the show, I saw a prototype at PAX Unplugged at the Inside Up booth. It says a year and a half ago or so, and it has come a long way. Um, and just looks fantastic. Looks fantastic on the table. Looks fantastic on BGA, actually. Um, I really like how that looks. I wish I had a larger monitor uh, to be able to, to get it all in. I end up right. zooming in and out quite a bit when trying to play it online. You do have it, to it, scroll a lot on BGA yeah. when you're playing it. Yeah. Especially mm -hmm. to see if you want to see what anybody else is doing. That's the one thing. But I mean, that's true of a lot of games actually where God, I was playing Applejack at one point. I was like, I have to look down and see what's going on. What, it, what is happening? Where's mine? I mean, that's just the hazard of playing online. Nothing will ever beat the tabletop. I play games online because I just love games, but you, I will always choose to play at a tabletop or a, what, here it's a tabletop. It's a coffee table. It's the floor. Um, it is wherever, wherever it, you want to play a game. That's fine. I'm, I'm down. I don't really care what the surface is. So I was telling you before the show in the, in the, uh, in the green room that uh, the 
my problem with playing it on BGA before I learned it, sometimes I can pick up a game. This one has so many prompts that I just got a little bit annoyed because not, not with the game itself, the mm -hmm. fact that I didn't know what the prompts are asking me for. Right. So, but that tells me uh, that there must be a lot going on even when it's not your turn. And I love games like that. Is, mm -hmm. is that, is that a factor worth earth? Yes. You're never bored. Um, and isn't that a, I feel like I followed those guys on Instagram, the never bored gaming. This feels oh, like yeah. a game for them, right? They're never bored. You're never bored. You're never not doing something. You're, it will on everyone else's turn. You should have something to do something to activate. Um, and to me, that is a great game design. I know not every game can do that, but I really enjoy that where it's, I'm always getting something based on the action that you took. And so I'm always involved and even hoping you do one thing or thinking, all right, if Steve's going to take the grow action, then I do this and this and this. Oh, wait, if Verla takes the water action, I'm doing this and this and this. So you con you're constantly engaged. Mm -hmm. And I love a game that is like that, that just gets me you're always thinking about possibilities, always planning ahead just a little bit. I don't need to be, I'm not a chess player. I don't need to plan ahead 15 moves, but just to constantly keep me there and so that no one is thinking, where's my phone or I need to go get a beer or something. No, no, no. I'm in the game. There's plenty of time for the beer afterwards. Right. I remember the first time I played Scythe and, and it, there may be games before that because I've been playing games. I just don't remember when, but I remember mm -hmm. the first time I felt that feeling was when in Scythe and I'm getting taught the game and they said, okay, and now you can get the benefit because I took this action. And I remember going, holy cow, what an awesome feeling. Well, yeah. you know, I, I kind of planned this out. I knew you were going to do something, and I, I upgraded that part of my board. That was such a good feeling. Is and that, I think um, I think Jamie calls it a, a positive feedback loop that he wanted to create where yeah. you always felt like you weren't ever getting a bad turn. You're always getting yeah. a good turn because you're doing Jamie's stuff very on smart. Yours. He's yeah. very, very smart. I think I actually quoted him at one point in the inside game. Um, which oh, really? Was a nice, nice bit of my world's coming together. Something he'd written on one of his blogs at one point. Uh, yeah, Jamie's games. I'm actually not the biggest Scythe fan, but I respect the design. And Jamie just does incredible work. Yeah. You've, you've played both on BGA and on the table, you said, for this, right, Keith? Yes. Okay. I've only played it on BGA. Mm -hmm. Once or twice with you and Kelly, and once with with Dean actually before we did um, before For we sure. did an episode of Meeple Town, and that was our review with it. And it was actually something that was good that we came across. I think it was Paul Grogan said, "Play one game, your first game out loud." So all of your choices as you're Ooh. thinking through for like a practice game. Yep. If you're the kind of person who could say, speak it out loud, because you don't know the cards yet, you're not thinking about all of that. No, and there's a lot. But of the icons. idea of speaking it out loud helped wrap my head around a lot of the moving parts. I think you're right. It's not heavy, mm -hmm. but there are lots of gears. Yes, absolutely. To me, which I think a lot of, that's where we get a little bit in the in the weeds a little bit. Because mm -hmm. I tend to think I am writing board game stuff for my baseball audience a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And so I try not to make assumptions about, I don't assume my readership of any of my board game stuff are hardcore board gamers. Some of them are really? there, but it's not everybody. I did of, not know that. Oh, I get notes from people, scouts, people in front offices. I'll never forget being going to see a kid, Aiden Weaver, who's now in the bullpen at Duke. He didn't sign out of high school. And a scout is standing there, says to me, I think it was Azul. And he said, my wife and I really like Azul. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was great, right? It's, you just love those. They're not, you know, he's not a. I don't believe I've talked to him since like he's not a hardcore board game or anything. So I've always got to assume 
I'm reaching, I guess, the lay audience, right? The people who don't necessarily know our terminology or, you know, and I, I use sure. the, try to use the right terms, but also put them in context so people can understand. And this is, Earth is one of those games. If you put this on the table and play it with somebody who's, who play it with one of those like Monopoly people. Yep. They're going to yep. say, what do you mean this isn't complex? This game mm -hmm. is insane. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. 80 parts. I need to learn a new language of icons. Are these hieroglyphs? Yeah. Like, Correct. That is, so, and I wonder if we're doing a disservice by saying this game isn't that complex. I mm. try to put it in the proper context in sort of the scale of, of board games. It's not like a Vita Lacerda game in terms of complexity, but we all need to remember, most people will look at Earth and say, that's really complicated because it kind of is. If you haven't played mm. a lot of games, especially if you haven't played Wingspan, right? Earth is gonna look crazy. It looks gonna, or or you know, it's ilk, right? Earth is gonna look like a really busy, involved game where I have to learn a lot of things, and you might lose people at that point. Which you know, to me, the you know, I don't, I'm not one of those folks who denigrates gateway games. I love gateway games. I love them to play them myself, and I love them because they're a great great way for me to introduce people to the hobby. But we should all kind of keep in mind that Earth is one of those where Stevie, the point you just made, it's it's not super complicated but there are a lot of gears here. And for mm -hmm. some people, that's going to seem very intimidating. Some and nice some words from Carlos for you there, Keith. This is yes, so cool. I'm geeking that. out. Thank you, Carlos. Recommended Keith's book so many times. I made my kid read it. What were you going to say, Steve? <laughs> oh, wait, wait major well, kids. Wait. Did Carlos also make his kid log it? And, and, uh, and start the, <laughs> did you make him write, write a spreadsheet book about book? having read it? Uh, I think you're on the, you've got a real good point here about it um, being complex. And I think something that a lot of gamers might like about it that is complex, that's new, is the idea that when you're building that tableau, that tableau is kind of freeform. It, it is limited to this, yeah. the, the 16, the four by four, but you can build up or to the side or I in like linear that. and vertical. And that I think would probably take some people who are gamers and think, oh, I like that, that's new to me. Mm -hmm. But you add that to somebody who's playing this for the first time and they're saying, you mean I'm gonna have to move all of these cards to make room for more stuff? <laughs> the on the table stuff, I could I need see. a bigger table. I need a bigger right. table or I need to have known that I was going to go in this direction because now I have to slide these things that are balancing yeah. on the cards over to the left to make room for this tableau to grow. I like That's to talk about complexity though. My mom is a world-class blackjack player. Like, I mean, oh, wow. she is really good at blackjack and we brought out Bonanza. Mm -hmm. Total brain melt. I mean, like she, uh, yeah. she'll, she right. tells me to this day, <laughs> I still don't understand that bean game. I still don't understand that bean game. And you know, yeah. for us in the hobby, that that's one of Uwe's, absolutely most accessible game design just right. back when he was designing nothing but family-friendly card games you know yep. that's what he was doing so yep. we got to remember that the lingo or throw out deck building to someone who's never played games before yeah right worker placement right yeah. uh tableau building mm -hmm. engine building so it's a little um, bit more complex than we're making it out to be earth it's got some meat mm -hmm. to it you know i think folks who are watching this who've played a bunch of games a bunch of these types of games that we're talking about will look at earth and say I can figure this out. I get this. Like I said, for first timer, this is not one I'm going to break out. We're having a game, big game night this weekend, actually. I'll have this in the house. I have it in the house if anybody wants to play it for sure. It's not one I'm going to immediately bring out. <laughs> yeah, fast we I haven't figured, more. hold on. We haven't, you're not in the count. For, All right. right? We, we have carefully calibrated the food. Right, 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 right. So, so. Yeah, have you seen the video with Manny? I think it's Manny Patinkin from uh, St. Elsewhere when he's trying to learn wingspan with his wife and his, his uh, grandkids. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. And everything yeah. he's saying, I'm like, wow, 
That is true. If if you've never played games before, he he has no idea what these terms. Nope. Tableau, tableau. Right. What is a tableau? <laughs> Show me this yep. tableau. You know, you just can't, right? You just have yeah. to. But it's not. You know, I mean, I'm a little bit fortunate in that I get this in my day job too, where when people want to ask me about players I've seen, um, players I've scouted. I have to explain it in without using the scouting vernacular, right? Yeah. The jargon is just going to lose people. Right. Um, and so, you know, just even something as simple as describing a pitcher's command, if you're not a serious baseball fan, that term probably doesn't mean a whole lot to you or you've heard it, but you really couldn't define it. So I just try to stay away from that and stick to things that I can still get the message across. It's just using different language to do so. You don't have to lose anything, but you're just trying to, I mean, it's a good brain exercise, right? Just trying to explain yourself using different language. And it's the way sure it is in every profession, profession, though, too. I mean, we have a jargon for a reason in the profession because it works right. as shorthand for us. Yeah. But jargon to someone who's not in the profession or who's not in the hobby yet is right. a border. It's a wall. And we shouldn't yes. be building that up until they're – and we shouldn't we, – we should be – getting them in before we show them uh, that right. there are uh, heavier terms to describe these things. Yeah. I always tell people, this is a highly, this is a highly inclusive hobby. Like you can mm -hmm. go to a convention and I've been to several, I've been to Gen Con many times, PAX every time they've PAX unplugged, every time they've held it, I've been to origins. Um, at some point I'll go to more. Um, it's really inclusive. You can go to these things and feel very, very welcome. You can sit down at a table with complete strangers. You can sit down at a table where they all know each other. And they don't know you and you will feel included and you will feel part yeah. of it. And I feel, I mean, I always tell people Gen Con is one of my favorite weekends of the entire year. And one of the big reasons is I just feel very at home. I, it doesn't matter. You know, there are people I know, but yeah. before I even knew many people there, I would just go there and like I said, you just sit down with strangers and play a game. And by the end, you may not be best friends. You're not sharing numbers, but you've had a shared experience with other people and you feel like you're part of something. It's a comfort level. You know, yeah. very much. Yeah, you don't have to worry about the lingo. You don't have to worry about anything else. That is a good point. BJ Morgan, I got my guest here, Keith Law, and we're talking spicy hot games. One of those games, the game I tried this weekend. I just want to do a quick wrap up with you, Keith. Have you played Iki? It's up yes. for the spiel, the Kinder Spiel. I, I, so I was surprised a little bit because this game isn't, isn't new. <laughs> it's right. Not, right. The original. It's like six years old. 2015. Played, 2015, right? would you oh, believe? It was eight years old. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it was, I don't know if it was Scorpion Masque or Sorry We Are French. Sorry We Are French. I have to say that. But One of them brought it over, right? They were they brought out the first English language version of this. If you go right. online, people were importing uh, foreign language version or non-English languages. Night, Jake. Non language versions. See you later. Um, it is, um, and I like it. I just not, it's not that I dislike it, but I just kept, as soon as I saw this cut nominated, I said, I thought that was for new games. Maybe I don't know. I feel like the Oscars nominating the Shakespeare in Love is up for the best picture again this year. Why not? Right? <laughs> like, no, I think that's not new. I don't think that's how that works. But yeah, maybe that's just my like my highly technical brain thinking, like, no, we these are the rules. And you know we, the like, reason why, rules. right? Well, why does why is it eligible again? Yeah, so no, no, the, no. so the reason is is because what the the German award is for ger games published in German that have that have um, widely available or I forget the I forget the German uh, the translation, but it's basically mm -hmm. widely available. So the so time it came out the first time, it was really a very very small imprint. Yes. It came out at Essen, 
the the copy you're thinking about is 2018, 2019, 2020 times, something like that. Okay. And that that was that English translation. Again, very small imprint. Uh, it was ah. a Kickstarter that mm -hmm. had been delivering, and mm -hmm. still you can't buy it. The germ the spiel is all about a, a game that when we publish it, the publisher has to be able to sell 200,000 copies. Like Everyone's you got to you got to get ready because. Yep. If you go to a Walgreens or whatever it is in, in, in Germany, you know, th there's a rack of board games there. So yeah. um, that, that was one of the things they're looking for. When was it widely available? It's, mm -hmm. it's strange to us, but I, I was talking to Stefan, um, one of the spiel jury guys at BGG Con. They are nice enough to come to BGG Spring with suitcases of games and they just teach them all. All of the spiel nominees are there and they're teaching them. They're walking around. They're handing out pins. They're, and he was like, look, our our job is to is to the, we love the fact that it's become a worldwide board gaming award. This mm -hmm. is a German board gaming award. Yes, it has become the de facto. I don't know what it is. You know, it's not the Pulitzer because that's distinctly an American award. It's right. You know, the Booker might be a little bit of a better. The it's Brooker a little bit award, more, maybe. Right. Yeah, that's at least a little bit more across the Commonwealth, across the English speaking <clears throat> publishing world. But this is the Spiel is our. Yeah, it's our our top award it's the best it, there, there it's are our others measurement. nothing's I mean, reached it i'm always looking at those games every year you know mm -hmm. i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna get excited sure. to try them there's very few of them especially on the kinderspiel nominees there's very few that i've played that i haven't haven't enjoyed so i'm gonna try those yeah. and one well, of those you would give up this interest the example of shakespeare in love basically if they said shakespeare in love only appeared in three art houses the spiel would say it's not eligible for the oscars if right. not everybody can go see the movie, it's not eligible. If not everybody can go play the game, it's not eligible. Yep. Yeah, which is wide release. Quite the opposite, actually, because I didn't see Living was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Actor for Bill Nye. And it played in, I live in Wilmington, Delaware, for folks who don't know, it played in one of our art house theaters one weekend, maybe. Otherwise, in the it would have had to. Yeah. Uh, no, even after. It was later than that. Oh, yeah. Like it was very close to, it was like late February. So very close to the actual Oscar ceremony. And that was it. Otherwise, if I had wanted to see that, I would have had to go to Philadelphia, go to Philadelphia yeah. which I, I have done, obviously. But, you know, I have multiple jobs, as it turns out. So I just didn't <laughs> have time. And it's like eventually it's going to show up on Girl, streaming, he's right? He's a busy guy. I think we watched it in like late April and I loved it. I, I, mean, I thought that movie Plus was he's got to take turns with uh, Kelly. I mean, he's, he's just a guy. <laughs> And right. Dean, yeah, and reminding Dean is, you know, yeah, that's we're still playing. We've taken like job. three turns actually while this was going. So. Keith, I did not play Iki. If I I'm lose a... the game, it's all your fault. <laughs> I did not. I did not play Iki until Sunday because, to be honest, yeah. So what do you think? Yeah. Well, I, to be honest, I was like, it's just not that. You know, I'd walk by and I'd see people playing. I was like, man, this looks like just yet another. You know, just yet another moving piece around. And then I played it, and I'm, I have not stopped thinking about it. I get it. My buddy Bradley was like. What's the beauty of this game? It does everything we already know. It just does it well. Oh, interesting. And there's nothing wrong with games like that. There, the, I have mm -hmm. a couple of games in my collection where they are not anything. Red Cathedral is one. Red Cathedral mm -hmm. doesn't do anything that we haven't seen before. It does it well, though. It does it so well. It does it smooth. In a Tal small box. In That's my number one thing. Yeah. Box. Yes. Toledo. The box is smaller than my computer. I love it. Talatum does does. There's very little in Talatum that we haven't seen before, but it meshes it well, and that's I think what I liked about Iki. I also loved, <laughs> I love games that have a rondel. This is the weirdest rondel I've ever seen. Yeah, it, it's so you're you're 
the, what what it's based on. Uh, Beryl, have you played Iki yet? No. Uh -uh. What, I what it's based seen it on in is, the wild. Apparently, there's a famous painting from the Edo Market from a hundred years ago, and it's a it's this beautiful painting showing all the people crowded around the street going to the market. The whole game is based on that. You're going to send your uh, people into the market to walk around and interact with these shops. Interacting with the shops actually also makes the shop owner move experience. In other words, getting you income or points or little bonuses, but you control the shops. You get to actually put it out. I got in a little bit of hot water when I, when I said that this was Flamecraft if they injected fun into Flamecraft. That, that, I'm doing Ooh. shtick, doing shtick. Mm. I, I enjoy Flamecraft, but between the two of them, this is what Flamecraft was going for. It's funny, that's what my buddy um, Mike Ganade of, of Rock Manor Games. Yeah, um, yeah, Mike. Oh yeah. So I mean, he lives five minutes from here, and our his younger daughter, my youngest stepdaughter, are in school together. And um, good night, Patrick. We have um, night, friend. We do what we, sometimes when the kids are in school, we get together to try out a new game in the afternoon, which everyone thinks is hilarious because we're having a play date. <laughs> yes. Dad's I'm having like, a play date. That's not wrong, actually. It's true. Mike said almost exactly that about Flamecraft. Like he he was like, it looks great. Yeah, you know, he couldn't criticize it, but he was. I think he thought it was missing that oomph. There's I'm no tension. Not putting words in Mike's mouth, but there's yeah. no tension. It's a waterfall of uh, of resources, which I always claim to like in games uh -huh. that don't have it. But here's a game that presented it said, you know, BJ, you've been complaining for years that all these games are so tight. You never, you can never do what you want to do. Great. Yeah. We're going to give you 18 resources on every turn. <laughs> I'm like, wow, oh, this is kind of boring. Yeah. Iki is not. Iki has a tight economy, except for sandals. I never had trouble getting sandals, but everything else had a mm -hmm. nice tight economy. I love the way that the, the uh, shops come out, that you get to pick the shops and pay for them. But you got to be careful because if you pick the best spots, they are likely to be burned if you're not careful with your Firewatch. Yeah. So there's just a lot of things going on in this thing, a lot deeper than I thought. And of the three games, Planet Unknown, Iki, and Challengers, it was the most complex, in my opinion, the most complex of the three. I so, really want to play Planet Unknown. I saw oh, a so demo good. at Gen Con. I think it was Gen Con. They'd already sold out. Yeah. Or had nearly sold out. We're about to yeah. sell out, something like that. I mean, that was one at Gen Con, too, where end of day one they were wiped out people were really into it i was like this looks a right good reason yeah that really was my good, huh? top game top new game of last year tied with uh tealatum decide Super which solid. one i like more oh we got a we side coming here unknown all day okay here's a test how long does keith stay on the show here we go beans and dice carlos says what baseball themed game would re keith recommend we were going to talk about that right we were <laughs> We got sidetracked with the, with the, the Kelly discussion for a while. Uh, what if you had to recommend one game? What would it be? It's actually the one you suggested. It's baseball okay, highlight twenty forty five because it's not really a baseball first game, mention. Right? right. It is. There's some baseballish stuff in it. Um, it's very cheeky, and I I like that. I just think games that have tried to do baseball have generally not gotten the baseball right. Um, I'm Bottom not counting Stratomatic. Bottom that was the one I was going to say. Oh, Bottom of the ninth has its ha, absolutely has its merits. It's probably the best of all the games that's just trying to play it straight. I'm not counting Stratomatic. That's a whole different, yeah, a different animal. Um, what about Micro League Baseball? That's we're it. playing that. Did you play it really? Oh yeah. Oh, I, I loved Micro League. Oh 
that whole thing to... where it was like and you're just waiting you're waiting right strike three. Oh my god Gil Hodges friend. struck out again oh my god Take these the guys are terrible disc out restart the computer oh yeah <laughs> that so and, Earl, and then Earl Weaver baseball those so are my Keith, I gotta tell you when we would games. play minor league baseball in my dorm room at LSU mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. would play and sometimes I would pick one of the there was a Canadian team I think or you would play in a yeah. Canadian park and I'd make the guy stand up and sing Oh Canada Remember at the start, <laughs> it would play the. Uh, they yes. would all like click the button so we don't have I to do. go. We have to stand up and do O Canada because you know nobody knows the words to it, or at least oh, we yeah. didn't. So absolutely you know, but, remember that. Oh, dude, somebody finally remembered micro league baseball. Oh, that's oh great, absolutely. Yep. We've been doing. You know what? Now, Steve, the show's over. I've only said, doing no. this show for six years to try to find somebody <laughs> that had played micro league baseball. That was the super. That was the super secret hidden end game condition. It was yes. exactly okay. we hit it. Baseball Twenty Forty Five. I will tell you this: Beans and Dice, Carlos. He knows what I'm talking about. I have recommended Baseball Highlights Twenty Forty Five many times after Alex Goldsmith, R.I.P. The Dukes of Dice, who who brought it to my attention many many years ago, back in 2017 or whatever it was. But if you just play it one night and play like one game, or you know, and I'm talking about one game as in one actual game, just six cards, you're mm -hmm. not going to get the game. It's not going to be fun. Don't even do that. The, the best part of that game is playing a full World Series with your best friend oh, yeah. or yep. a tournament game. You know, playing in a tournament. Uh, shout out to Philip Millman. We, we've done as many as 32 people in the tournament at the Dice Tower, uh, Dice Tower East. 32 people. And that is, the, the, as Dean says, it's best in tournament mode. But the World Series mode is great, too, because you, you, get, you get to really get into it. But it shines in tournament mode. And I talked to Mike about it one day at Gen Con. He said, I designed this game. For tournament mode I, I i want people to play it that way so yep i believe it baseball yep. high 2045 well back to Iki for a second uh challengers is the one i think's gonna win okay for reasons you know we'll talk about in other shows but Iki is the one and and challenge is the one i actually bought and brought back and we're gonna be playing it this week but mm -hmm. Iki's the one i'm still thinking about so i've got more to explore in Iki. i really really enjoyed it yes it does everything we're familiar with but I just like the way it's put together. The art is gorgeous. The production it is gorgeous. Amazing. It looks amazing. That was my number one thing about it was right. um, it looks incredible. I will I'm admit, in. <laughs> yeah, it, I am a little bit biased. Like we have lots of games set in the Edo period of Japan. Like, I don't know how many more of these we need, but I think the designer of this is actually Japanese, which is, is. a welcome yeah. change from many yeah. of the other games set there. Like, yeah. Hey, I love Tokaido, Tokaido and the, what's the sequel? Namaji. Yokohama, games. right? Um, again, I don't know how many we need. Uh, Kanagawa, I think, also to, is drawn mm -hmm. from that period. So, you know, and these are all designed by not Japanese people. That's right. not necessarily great. So the fact that this is designed by a Japanese uh, game designer is great. I love to see that. My yeah. The thing that pushed me away a little bit from this game, um, and why I, it, the other reason I was a little bit surprised to see it nominated, it, it I agree with everything you said, it's a little much and it's not so much that it's over complex, but it packs a lot of different mechanics in together. And I found it very hard to get the rhythm of the game to really feel like, you know, mm -hmm. when we, we were talking about earth, I think in a green room before where I was like, I get this game. I understand. It was almost like I could understand what the designer intended, not necessarily to play it well, because I certainly wouldn't claim that, but I know what we're doing here. I understand the like the internal clockwork of the game and with Iki, it was like I'm not getting this. I'm not quite feeling this on that. You know that there's just it's hard to put a word to it. But you play a game sometimes. You're like 
I am on this game's wavelength. I suck at it, but I'm really on this game's wavelength. That's a great feeling. And with Iki, I was like, this is a good game. It's this definitely is me and, not. This for is me, me and Snow Bunny right there with uh, with Stefan from uh, the Spiel, right nice. after our first play. So okay. I I dug it. I can't wait to play it again. Right. Uh, Chad did not get to play it, uh, mm -hmm. but he says you can't have too many Japanese games. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have to see. That is Iki. Uh, I don't remember who's publishing it here. Uh, maybe it is. Sorry, we're not French. They they. It's they, one of the Hachettes, yeah. right? They have Hachette <clears throat> has rolled up a whole bunch of those publishers oh okay it's, it's it's one of theirs i should yeah stefan they was put, telling they're me putting that, out uh, some incredible games now stefan was telling me that they were very proud that two of the nominees were from very tiny one person companies like adam's apple games with uh, planet known that's basically one oh, or two yeah. people yeah yeah so yeah yes asthma day did get a nomination but <laughs> you know that it's nice to see some small independent publishers <clears throat> get that yeah well this is a board game show keith law so you know what that means all right what does it mean we got to play a board game. Oh, okay, great. And this is where I turn the show over to Steve and Steve and Verla. Steve, tell us about the game we're going to be playing tonight. We have brought Jambalaya back. Um, so yes. this, uh, the idea of this game is it is a word mashup game. Mm -hmm. What we're going to do is give a long clue that is going to have uh, in it two things that you're going to have to smush together. They will hopefully be smoothly uh combined every time so kind of like a portmanteau of some sort where mm -hmm. there'll be a before and after or you you kind of mash them up we've kind of tailored it to games that we know either you have or have reviewed but also there's a pretty solid baseball bias to this so um when we do this bj will read out the clue and then it'll be a race between whoever's left in the chat wants to try and beat you to the punch can they type faster than you can talk all right, let me um, close the comments here so I can't exactly. Yes. But they they get lots of people typing at the same time. So they got okay. the hive mind going. If the if the, the group gets it, you've got to outnumber all of them. So we'll count at the end, see who ha had the most of them right, and just basically have some fun with We them. do okay. try to steer the jambalaya toward your hobby, you know, board okay. games mm -hmm. and baseball. We the only time we messed up, remember that we did with Rob Davio, we did food, and I knew he was a baseball a, a Beatles fan. Yeah, we had mm -hmm. done the Beatles questions the week before with TC Petty. With TC, that's and right. Rob was like I would have done the Beatles. And so after the show ended, we stayed on another hour and he made us go and through did, every through single. And by the way, he did <laughs> very fun. well on those Beatles. He was not wrong. He nice. was not wrong. The dude knows his Beatles music. That's for sure. Yeah. So we messed up. But hopefully baseball is something that uh, you're coming. Mm -hmm. so. Take it away, Steve. What's our first? Do you want to, uh, you want to give the, the sample version? Because yeah. we might need to remind some of the chat folks, too, because I don't think they've... It's been a long been, time since we've played this game. It's been a while since we've done I this. I need a reminder. Game. All right, we got a special guest. We have to break out the special game. That's what there we have to go. do. Do you want to MC it, or shall I? No, you, you do the... Uh, give the sample out. I'm still, I'll do the sample I'm still doing some typing. Okay. So I'm taking my turns here. with Dean right now, so I'm not really paying attention to the show. So here's yeah, your right. sample. <laughs> not wrong. Here's your sample. The clue would be that every team retired the number 24 in his honor for breaking the color barrier in baseball. But what if he also had to survive on a desert island in this incredibly difficult co-op game? Well, he's channeling it. He's channeling it. I saw the answer. Oh, hey, that's right. He did. I saw it in the roundup. <laughs> and the answer is... I could have acted all in the answer would be Jackie Robinson Crusoe. Yeah, you should have done like, oh, man, that's a really... Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Not All right, get to the game. real one, Steve. You, you'll do the first one, and we'll just uh, we'll right. take turns. Okay. So you want to just go through them in order we got in there, PJ? Yeah. Uh, let me do the first one, and then you can do the second one if that's okay. If that's okay. Sounds good. Yeah. 
So our first one, chat crew, get ready, get your fingers ready, see if you can beat Keith on this one. The Shim Phillips game is about rescuing the Seattle Mariners. Remember I told you to put a pin in it. From the designers of a rightfully forgotten multi-purpose stadium of the 1970s. The Shim Phillips game. Architects of the West Kingdom. It is the there West Kingdom. Nice. You know, it's funny that you that you said this one. Uh, set this one up, Steve. I follow this um, this Twitter handle that is um, like old baseball pictures. I can't remember the uh, Keith. I know you know the one I'm talking about. There's a there's a guy that's just posts all kind of old pictures, videos, and everything. But he, mm -hmm. he also did um, all the 1970s cookies cutter stadiums all next to each other today. Oh God, they're just so ugly. Oh my God, yeah. oh, they're horrible. Fulton I was County. At, I was at the Kingdom the night that Randy Johnson was traded. Actually, oh, wow, yeah. that stadium wow. was horrible. I oh saw Dale God. Murphy hit a homer at the uh, at Fulton County one time, but, but I, I don't remember anything about the stadium. It was just yeah. a terrible stadium. Oh, they're terrible. I went to the uh, Le Haut, Le Stade Olympique, yes, Montreal. Les horrible. Les horrible. So Everything I tell the story to Steve. The bathrooms were bad at that place. My, my, my mom and dad <laughs> speak French, and we go to this campground in Montreal and we turn on the TV, and the expo's going, Les Expos. And I'm like, Dad. <laughs> They're broadcasting it in French. He's like, yeah, man, we're in, we're in Quebec. We're in Quebec. Come Quebec. on. So yeah. that was Funny a big thrill for a Cajun to hear a baseball game in French. Yep. That was really cool. So, all right, Steve, you're up. Very good. So Keith's got the first one. Here's your next one. One point for Steve. He just he just sniped a Carlos on that one. Yeah, tell tell a Rays fan about bad stadiums. Are they <laughs> yeah. still? Are y'all still playing in that? The mausoleum. Stadium? Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. Yes, they are. Still. Oh wow. Yeah. Why can't you be like the Rangers and change out stadiums every 10 years, man? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Or Vegas. Okay. Here's your next clue. Sherlock Holmes is consulted in this mystery of who's the longtime Dodger player who went on to manage the Giants, Cubs, Reds, Nationals, and Astros. I can give him a, I can give him a visual clue if you want, Steve. I mean, I know that I know who the manager is. I don't want to say it to spoil. Yeah, you, you, you're guarding. I, you're guarding he, your information. He knows I how to no play this game. game is, though. So we had uh, was it Mandy from the Dice Tower? She would she would think out loud. She would be like, "Oh yeah, y'all are talking about Slatum. Let me go." Blah, blah. And then the chat crew would just get it right away. Like, Mandy, it. hold it in, hold it in if you can. Focus on the last name if you've got the. Okay, Steve, so can got, you read the clue again? Oh, you got the Schroeder order flipped. Sherlock Holmes is consulted in this mystery of who's the longtime Dodger player who it's went on to manage the Giants, Cubs, Reds, Nationals, and Astro. To be fair, Keith, it's not necessarily a portmanteau. It is. It can be sandwiched a in mashup the mashup or a portmanteau. Oh, like something dusty. What was that? Beyond Baker Street. It's Beyond so Dusty Baker Street. Yes. Dusty Baker Street. Oh, I'm trying to make an actual portmanteau, and I was yeah. like, that doesn't. They work. often are, but sometimes they have to be kind of Oreoed gotcha. and sandwiched somehow okay. in there. I got it's it. It's jambalaya. It's kind of mixed up a little bit, right? It's jambalaya. Yeah. yeah. All right. What if Keith? I have a question for you. Yeah. What if the AL was represented by the Swamp Ghouls in the Fall Classic, and the NL? was represented by the diplomat halflings. Wait, that would be the major leagues playing the minor leagues because the national leagues, the majors and the ALs. The so then you'd have the what? The ALs represented by the Swamp Ghouls in the Fall Classic and the NL represented by the diplomat halflings. What game would you be playing? The Small World Series. Small World Series. Oh, man. Check crew, you guys are in trouble. On a roll. <laughs> He's going to kill these, man. All right. 
See if we do. We need to jump ahead to some more challenging material here. Get one more. One, one more. more. See how it goes. Okay. We want the guests to feel comfortable. All right. right. Uwe Rosenberg's heavyweight one or two player game about farming, building dikes, needing to store baseballs in a humidor at altitude. Altitude. Fields of Arl. Yeah. <laughs> That last one, don't you think? That last one is kind of the giveaway there, the humidor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was I was trying extension. to figure out, was this going to be like, where, where are we going? Like Josh Fields of Arl or something? <laughs> yes. Could have been. Could have so, been. So, Verlo, are you keeping score? Are you four for four now? Uh, Keith is four for four, <laughs> yeah. In your head? Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm not going to get any of these. All right. <laughs> like A little more zero. challenging, but maybe not. Uh, Dean, we're not going to get any... The chat is not even attempting to be you, Keith. That's how you start. you're getting them so quick. All right, Phil Walker Harding does it again with this bingo-like flip and right, where you have to record the at bats, hits, runs, RBIs, walks, strikeouts, and all kinds of stats for every player. I know in the, the game. game. Super mega lucky box score. <laughs> These are oh, Steve, we must be rusty because he's just no, really bad. <laughs> we. I don't know if anybody's gone five for five like this. We're going to have to tune it up a little bit. You know, it, it, the only other person who showed that kind of streaky was Elizabeth Hargrave. Hargrave was she good. Was, was, mm, Petty she was, was, was kind of on pretty fire. damn smart. Yeah. Hargrave was good. T.C. Petty was good. Rob was yep. good. Yep. All right. All right. Pick one, Steve. I'm letting you pick one. <laughs> you let me pick one. You want to go in order? Uh, it's up to you. All right, you I'll take the next one in like, order because I like I like this one too. Okay. The famed Lyric Little Bandbox, which is the home of my beloved team, turns out to house the spirit of one of the great old ones who seek to consume the earth. Oh, oh, mm -hmm. did and it's and it's it's highlighted in red too. One of the great old ones who seek to consume the earth. Yes. Yep. Yes. He did not write these questions, Dean, and I think we saw chat crew. This is your chance. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Jump in, chat crew. I know oh. the first part. I have no idea what's the game. What is the board game connection here? Oh, he mm. scored four runs in the first inning, but the game's not over. Come on, guys. It's baseball. So let's see. What would be the uh, the the second part to get one of the great old ones? You'd have to go to a particular writer. Who? Yeah, I know. Right. So, do you have the game, or are you struggling with the other part? Oh, like. Fenway Park Cam Horror. Oh, he's got Fenway it. Fenway Park Horror. Wow. Oh. No, I love that one. I thought that was a great yes. job. Steve. Okay. Yeah. That's, now I get it. That's a good one. I'm a very literal thinker. So I was like, Park. I know Parks. That's not a Cthulhu game. So it's mm -hmm. clear. Although Parks mm -hmm. of Cthulhu might be an interesting mashup. Yeah. I'm going to skip. Attention Key Master Games. I'm, I'm just the next three one. ideas here. No, you can do the next one. I'll, I just want to. I, I no, like no, the next one. We'll, I'll just make a note. We can come back. Yeah, Maybe. I like. I just. I just love the next one for for particular reasons. I grew up a Dodger fan, so this is this is a particular. Uh, this one I like a lot. What if the Dominican Republic produced more Baroque musicians instead of baseball players? Hmm. Like Lacrimos Santo Domingo. Close, close. You. You've gone off script on me here, BJ. We'd probably be playing this highly rated music-themed game about Mozart. You got that part already. Yeah. 
He got that part already. This one I think is going to be a little tough. I might oh, have got this one. This one. He's close. He's close. I, I think I know where you're going with this, BJ, but I think Steve, this yes. tough. If, he's, if he's looking for a portmanteau or a mashup, you're going to have to. Hey, steal it from Keith. Take it. That's why oh, I hid you, the clue. Are you saying Lacrimosa Sosa? I'll give it to you. It's Lacrosami Sosa. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah. I disavow. I disavow knowledge of that one. The rest of them so far have been mine, but this I one. one. Lacrosami Sosa. Lacrimosa Sosa. Sosa. Yeah. Oh, man. That brings yeah. out some good memories. Okay, so you can get the next one. Um, oh, I'm going to give Dean the look. Dean has it. Lacrim Dean had it. Dean had it. Lacrimoso. So, I mean, that's pretty close, right? You don't have to have sure. Sammy. Give it to him. Sammy yeah. would be upset if he didn't have his name. All right. Okay. Yes, Dean, you got a point. So, Dean's got a point. Oh, you want to start jumping around a little bit here, BJ? You pick. I, I wanted you and Verlo to get to get in the game, so I, I wrote a All couple right. of them. I'm, he doesn't. He didn't know I did this, Keith. So, I, I really. Yeah, that, that was the that. off script. Off script. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw this one in there. Okay. Um, this was one that I liked, but it might be going a little bit deep. Let's think about this. Mash up an old school 1980s World War II game with mm -hmm. probably the best pitcher in Dodgers history, and you get Sandy Koufaxis and allies. Koufaxis and allies. Yeah, that's a nice one. All right, back to me. You ready? You ready? Oh, no, no. The answer is not if you're giggling. No cheating. No cheating. You know, I don't remember the answer, so I'm going to actually play with you guys because I did this uh, I did this a couple weeks ago. You don't remember the answer to the one you wrote, so it's fair. That's great. That'll go great. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? It's a deduction game set in the Alice of Wonderland universe, but I don't think it's ever going to make the Hall of Fame. Oh, my God. What was I thinking? Paint the Pete Roses. Yes, meet the Pete Roses. That's it. That's paint, it. Paint the Pete Roses, paint. right? I knew paint it was Paint the, the Roses. roses. Yeah. yeah. Let me see. Paint the Pete Roses. Very nice. I forgot my own clue. That's a good one. No, oh, he got that one good. So it wasn't it wasn't that hard. All right. He is we'll very quick. See if this one I, I'm gonna say he's the best player we've had on so Joe far, Long. so good. I want to dig in here and see if I could find something that might have been a little All right. While you're doing that, I'm gonna do one real quick. Crash Davis. Familiar? Mm -hmm. Nuke Lelouch? Mm -hmm. They finally get their chance in the big leagues, only to find out that they're traveling from North Carolina to Turkey's cosmopolitan city of markets and mosques. Istanbul, Durham. Istanbul, Durham. Yeah. All right. We're, we're, he's like a cat toying with a mouse right now. You yeah. realize that, Steve? Yes. Like, we're throwing softballs. <laughs> we're throwing softballs at him. This, we, You know, there have been some awkward moments on the show where we were really too we were really too deep and you're just killing it keith so yeah we should have we should have gone deeper we need to we need to go with some higher harder stuff here yeah, uh, yeah. But we've been we've been throwing salad hey, as eck would say brush <laughs> back. Give him the brush back because i did not like the way he stared at me at the last time yeah yeah he, he looked you right down yeah no, you're gonna try these are unwritten rules away and i'm just gonna i don't care if you brush me back i'm not backing off the plate all these right are, here we these go are unwritten rules i'm gonna cover the rules. outer third yeah. All right. This old school baseball stat was once a very big deal for evaluating hitters, but now it's become far more important in ancient Celtic lands to evaluate who should become the leader of the new island clan. Runs batted Innis. Oh, runs batted Innis. You're really good at this. <laughs> he's, he's knocking him out. Uh, let's Sorry, see. chat crew. <laughs> we don't stand a chance. All right, Steve, I didn't want to say this one because Steve, I knew this one. Um, but I had to really think about this one for a while. So let, let's see. Let's see. Rest in peace, 
rest in peace, Keith, to the 1960s and 70s pitching great who passed away recently. He will we will commemorate his career by playing this island-themed worker placement game by the good doctor. Who's the good doctor? Reiner Knizia. As Mick and Starless say, the evil Botox. <laughs> the good doctor. By the good doctor. Yes. Dr. Reiner Knizia. Rest in peace, chat crew. To the 1960s and 70s pitch, pitching grade who passed away in the last week, we will commemorate his career, about two weeks ago, we will commemorate his career by playing this island-themed worker placement game by Reiner Knizia. You know, we were throwing a lot of softballs on the games themselves. The baseball thing, he's literally just mm -hmm. smashing. True. True. Right. They're like meatballs coming down the plate. Yeah, we're throwing beach balls. We got to look for the ones that have the deeper games. Because mm. I know he knows the game. It's just putting that connection. And if I keep talking a lot, it's going to distract him even more. <laughs> I haven't been listening to you for the last hour and a half. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> he's, he's, he fits in perfectly. He understands the nature of the show, Pete. It's like my game group. It's like we're good. What is, what is that? <laughs> Kelly's right. Knizzi's made 700 games. Which one? Which one? Yeah. The island or, one, Mom. The island, the island one. Yeah. <laughs> the island you tell I'm going to call it. I think, I think I've stumped everybody. And this is Steve's, by the way, not mine. An island theme worker placement game? Island themed worker Relatively placement Relatively recently. I think it's oh, the it's last Blue Lagoon. Three there I, it oh, is. Vida Blue Lagoon. Oh, my God. Oh my I was trying to remember who just died. I'm like, who the hell just died recently? Yeah. Blue, right. Wow. Vida Blue Lagoon. Yeah. It's true. Jared does listen. So I appreciate that, Jared. Do, you do listen. Hey, that we almost stumped on that. That was nicely done, Steve. Mm -hmm. Keith, we had you yeah. for a little while there, huh? Yeah, you did. Yeah. But you had the game right away, or was it the game you were struggling with? I was trying to get the picture, right? Okay. I was like, who just died? And I, for some reason, I was thinking more of like Hall of Fame names just because, honestly, we like the problem is baseball, they've been playing for so long, right? Yeah. It's like every day, somebody who spent some time in the big leagues passes away. And yeah. so I think they just go quickly enough. And Vita Blue is just before my era. Oh, okay. If I were mm -hmm. three years older, it would have hit a little bit harder. Like I definitely, I know people who were just a couple of years older than me who are like, I have such memories of Vita Blue at his peak. And for folks who mm -hmm. don't know, there was the story he pitched, he played for the Oakland A's when they had this completely bonkers owner, Charlie Finley, who tried to pay Vita Blue to change his first name to True. <laughs> I didn't know this story. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, Charlie True. Finley. I mean, they make for great stories. He apparently was a lunatic to work for, right. but I mean, now with hindsight, Right, and it's 50 years gone. It's like, oh, these stories are hilarious. Yeah, except it was complete insanity, apparently. Right. He never wanted to pay anybody. True blue. Anyway, true blue. Yes. So Vita Blue was just at the very tail end of his career as I was coming into my baseball fandom. Vita mm -hmm. Blue and J.R. Richard from the Astros. J.R. Richard. Oh, those, those two guys. Oh my God. Those yes. two guys were amazing all the time. <clears throat> all right, you got one, Steve? Um, yeah, this is a little <clears throat> this one's. I, I just have fun with this let's, one. Let's, yeah, let's mm -hmm. do each one more. How's that? And then we'll each talk. one more? All right. Yeah. So pick a good one. Pick uh, what did we skip over? Don't pick the one I'm it. picking. Don't pick well, tell me. Uh, don't pick the one you're picking. All right. All right, here we go. Throw this one in there. Instead of tiling the walls of a Portuguese palace, what if Michael Kiesling had you tiling the famed green monster in Boston? This Red Sox Hall of Fame left fielder and one of my all-time favorites might have had a different nickname. Hmm. 
Hmm. I know the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just trying to match, and I know the player. I know them both. How do I mush, the, mush those together? Mm. It's Yastrzemski, right? Mm-hmm. Got it. Carl Yazulstremski. Just go with the nickname. Yazul? Yazul. Oh, he was Yaz, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yaz. Yazul. Yes, nicely done. All right, one last one. Let's last let's go out. One. Let's go out an easy one. All right. An, an exploration themed game. A what? Created, Sorry. An exploration themed game. Okay. Created by two great Italian designers, which now includes the stadium where Bobby Thompson hit the homer known as the shot heard around the world. Marco Polo grounds. He's got that. He's got it. The voyages of Marco Polo grounds. Voyages. Yeah. I was going to say it's not the adventures of Marco Polo. The heck we is all that we all call it Marco. I actually, I've never played that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. yeah. I've got weird gaps in my like for some of the older games. Some of which I own. I own Notre Dame. I've actually never played it. I played half a game once and then had to leave at a convention. It's a long story. Everything's fine, but like I just never got to finish the game. That's it. I still own the game and I refuse to part with it until I actually play it one time through. It's a great game. Then I could then I could trade. It's a great game, right? Everyone says it's a great game. I should say I don't. You know, I, I I used to think that that there were holes in gameplay, and then after being in this hobby for almost twenty years now, and still mm -hmm. haven't played ninety nine percent of the the games, and you know. Uh, just a million great games. I, I don't ever go to a convention without seeing at least 50 games that I want to play or oh, having yeah. people tell me about games. And I've played a lot of games. So yeah. I realized that the pace of the amount of games that are coming out compared to the amount of games that have been great for the last 20 or 30 years, I'm just never going to catch up to it. You're never so going to catch up. You're I, just I, never going to catch up. There's no hole in anybody's uh, gameplay or collection uh, from, from a negative standpoint. You know, it's just yeah. an experience you haven't got to no, yet. No, it's, it's, yeah. it's what you want, right? For me. I mean, I have, we all have our shelf of shame, right? Mine is sure. like a little too large. Although I'm hoping to work that down a bit. What's the number so one? The I am curious. What's your number one game that's on your shelf of shame and you, you got to get that Good played? Question. Good I'll, I'll give you two, actually. Um, Meadow. Okay. Which mm -hmm. I've owned probably for six months at least. That seems like a game trade. you would like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> kind of never worked out, right? Like, um, and honestly, like, you know, I have a job that involves a lot of travel. My wife has a full-time job and then a heavy consulting job. We work a lot in this house. And then my daughter was always super into games, but she's a teenager who's gotten very busy. And now my stepdaughters really want to play games, but I'm sort of, right, they've got to get to the point where they can play some of these heavier games. My right. wife always jokes that I've been like, you know, teaching that as I'm teaching them other things. I'm like, I'm teaching them math. What are you talking about? She's like, you're playing a game. Shut up. <laughs> I know what you're doing. Um, but uh, the other one is a random one I saw at a con. Dean's making us laugh. Sorry, Keith. That's okay. He, he has his own clue here. It's okay. Ti I'm kicking. I'm busy kicking his ass in Azul. So Tiger's it's most recognized player's talent unmatched by anyone but Sherlock Holmes. Oh, you already saw the comment. It's Ty Cobble and Fog. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's. I was a good trying one. to come up with some Miguel Cabrera pun here. <laughs> So what was the other game? What's the other one on your show? It's, this, it's a slightly obscure one, but I saw it at Gen Con years ago. And, you know, Asmodee, and I, I get along great with those guys. They've always been very generous. But they put out so many freaking games. 
they stuff just gets lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had a, a game set in it's called Ceylon. It's set in Ceylon. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, I remember that one. Look about game. I never played it. About tea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I own it. I've just never been able to get it to the table because there's always so many other games to play too. And it's not what I'm gonna right. review necessarily. She doesn't quite get that priority. But it's like mm-hmm. I need to have that game. That game looks really good. And I think it just kind of got overshadowed a little bit. I mean, that happens a lot, I think. I mean, it happens in music. It happens in film, books, whatever. Just, you know, there's such volume of stuff coming out. Sometimes good games just get kind of overlooked and fall out of print. And, you know, if I can ever highlight a game like that, I feel like it's, you know, it's not my job, but I like doing it. I like sharing, hey, there's this game that I love. You know, it's this is a little less obscure, but La Isla. um, Mm -hmm. The Feld game, which has been redone. It's it's the one that's getting a new skin next, right? Yeah. I don't know which city it is, but it's one of those, right? That's a freaking great game. That's a really great game. Before he got two-point-sality for me, that Mm -hmm. was like sweet spot right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, He lost me around around Carpe Diem. But Isla is on, it was on Yukata. Actually, that's where I first fell in love with it and then got the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that is. Carpe Diem. It's most people do. I'm in the minority, but that was That's the okay. one where it's like, we can still be friends at that point. Okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> it was like Merlin Carpe Diem. There was one other. I was like, I think I might be out after liking Feld games for a long was it time. The ra- was it the race one? The, the, um, oh, what's the one where you're racing around the Greek Isles? Oh, um, Oracle of Delphi. Oracle of Delphi. One. Dean, this is the one I uh that's that is yeah. on my shelf of shame right now. Vienna sitting sitting right there. I'd like to get it played. Yeah. Is Vienna a Feld? I don't know Vienna. Or is that is Vienna it, the that might be the of, next one that's gonna that be the, the next one. Is that La Isla? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but this okay. is the this is not one by Feld. This is one that came out with Tasty Mintral. And the only reason I bought it is that you know Tasty Mintral went west, and who knows when these games are gonna get republished and they had it on sale for like yeah. 10 or 20 bucks. I'm like, I always wanted to play it. Going to scoop it up. What about yep. you, Steve Roberto? Do you all have a shelf of shame game that uh, Keith? Yeah, I would love to or? hear yours. Mm. In fact, Keith, rate their shelf of shame game. It's actually Feld. It's Hamburg and Amsterdam. That's the two. Haven't got off. Mm-hmm. Well, those, mm-hmm. those you can't say that those, shelf of shame. Those are reskins, right? I have a shelf of not? opportunity. I have no That's shame it. here. <laughs> mine is whatsoever. mine is Newton. I am proud you, of my shelf. Newton's I, on there for me too. I yeah. love all the Italian designer games for the most part, and I just haven't played. Uh, that's one by Simone Luciani, if I remember right. Um, yep. But I, I can't remember no, exactly yeah. who designed it. But Newton, I, and I love all their games, so I I feel like I'm gonna like it if I play it. You know, Steve, you got one? Um, I have Brass Birmingham and haven't played it. Interesting. I have only and I, I want to, I want to play one that Eric has been talking about for a while that I got on his recommendation um, at the gates of Loyang and I would and I can do Ooh. that solo but it still is sitting there staring at me um, <laughs> so yeah I mean there's there's nobody's fault but my own at that point so it's a you know it's literally a shelf of blame rather than shame at that point I'm pointing <laughs> the finger at myself hey bring those games to uh, Chuck Con the summer we're gonna get absolutely. we're gonna get our shelves knocked absolutely. down as much as we can absolutely and Keith hopefully you can get to a con or a game day and get now I forgot which game it was off your shelf Ceylon Ceylon Meadow I'm gonna get to play Meadow just looks so so pretty yeah Ceylon yeah, uh, somebody did a really nice job on that uh Carlos mentioned Everdell hmm. Nations 
I've played Nations, the the smaller game, Nations the of Dice game, game many times. I watched Nations, the big game, one time at, at our game group, and I'm like, man, I'm gonna play the Dice game instead. So, <laughs> like, I, that 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 one for whatever reason just never interested me. So mm-hmm. that looks like that's about all of the shelf one. Well, all right, board gamers, that's it for another episode of Gumbo Live. I want to thank uh, Keith Law for coming in. How can they reach you if they want to, uh, you know, talk to you about your shelf of opportunity or? see your writing i know pace magazine is probably the where I, where i see you most but where, where can they find yeah it? i do reviews every roughly every two weeks for pace magazine um you know give or take and the day job has me writing about baseball for the athletic uh, i also maintain a blog meadowparty.com slash blog it's been going since 2006 now he hasn't um, played meadow and his blog is meadowparty.com it's bloom county shut up <laughs> I love Bloom County, by the way. So yes. Good, good reference. I've had that domain name for more than twenty years, actually. I, and you never I, got a call from uh, Berkeley saying, "No." What? I actually yeah. tried to reach out to him once and be like, "This is cool." He never right. answered. I was no. like, "All right, fine." I mean, it's not like a trademark. But I was just trying to be courteous. Yeah. Was it was it Cutter or Opus who was running? Uh, wait, who's running? Well, no, there was two. Who's running for the Meadow Party? There was two. Bill, that Bill were the running. Cat. Yeah, it was Billy the Cat. Bill. Right, yeah, right. Don't blame Bill. me. I, vo- I voted for Bill and Opus. Yeah, and Bill and Opus. Oh, what year was that? 96? Bill and Opus, 96. Older than that. Well, it's older the, than that. It's, it's mid-80s. I think they ran repeatedly. They had yeah. the buttons. Remember? They had the buttons. Yeah. yeah. You just had to squ- hang on. We got to go scrape Bill off the bathroom floor. <laughs> yes. Uh, Laura Rosa, what a name. Hey, Mom. <laughs> Thank you for checking in. That's great. Dean says, uh, great show, everyone. Chad says, good. I'll see you at Sobo, uh, Chad. So thank you all for checking in. Make sure to like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Gumbo, and our YouTube channel. Helps us get out the word about all of our upcoming shows. We don't have one scheduled for the summer because Keith was the ultimate show for the uh, summer or the final show for the spring, I mean. So we're, we'll be taking the summer off, but you can catch us on twitch.tv slash Gumbo, where every Tuesday night we play your games live on uh, twitch.tv. I'm BJ from Board Game Gumbo, and for Keith, and for Verla, and for Steve. And until next time, les allez bon temps roulé. Have a great night, friends. Good night, everybody. <laughs>